Buildings have evolved, so let's give them the attention they deserve. This is 10 Minutes to a Better Building, a podcast from the building experts at Boland. We're a building solutions provider with more than 350 professionals and 150 technicians with one goal in mind, to make your building better. Hey everyone, and welcome to 10 Minutes to a Better Building, your source for insights and thought leadership from the building experts at Boland. I am your host today, Tyler Kern, and today on the show, I'm thrilled to be joined by Brendan Dowd. He is the service team leader at Boland. Brendan, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Tyler. Glad to be here. Well, I'm I'm excited to talk to you today, Brendan. And uh, our topic today, we're going to be discussing the importance of the energy grid for your building. And so, Brendan, when we're discussing this topic, why is it important to discuss the grid as we look at buildings and as we look at making buildings better? You know, personally, I think it's important for each building owner and operator to understand how they're built for their energy consumption. The grid is changing due to climate change and the growth of intermittent renewable resources. So my prediction is that soon electricity will be priced by time of energy use. When energy is plentiful, energy prices will be inexpensive. But when the sun doesn't shine or wind doesn't blow uh, or there's a heat wave, energy prices will soar. Now, different parts of the country have different rate structures, but one thing is common. Uh, There isn't enough power to support the demand. So if I take you back 10 or 11 years, you know, in 2009, you know, coal was 50% of our generation and now it's 29%, uh, where natural gas has grown from 10 to 30% over the same time frame. So people often ask, you know, what about solar and wind? And solar and wind only make up 3% of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I know you live in, in, in Texas, you know, Texas is, is famous for brownouts each summer because they're too dependent on wind. Uh, the same happens in California as they're too dependent on solar. So if you bottle all that up, you know, buildings need a strategy for energy consumption and reduction. And we think we can help clients in the designing of new systems and the retrofit, retrofitting of existing system to address the changing energy market in the grid. So that, that's really interesting. And the, the part where you talked about um, supply not meeting demand, I, I think really stands out as an impactful statement. So if we're seeing that in the market, um, how does that impact how we should view service agreements and also HVAC systems in buildings? How, how should that change maybe our view on those particular things? Yeah, great question. And it's already changing. So uh, for people that don't know, you know, the, the HVAC accounts for about 40% of the electricity in a commercial building. We try to advise our clients on on both sides of the meter, be it electric or gas or water. Um, so if you think of a, the letter T, you know, you have the grid on one side of the meter, you know, and then the building on the other. Uh, and we're experts at both. So mm-hmm. we can advise our clients how to achieve an optimized facility. The, the tried and true typical preventive maintenance agreement is a thing of the past. Uh, Baldwin's approach to to service agreements today takes into consideration our clients' business goals. You know, so we work with clients to set business goals that impact their business model. And we set a baseline and typically it's energy or comfort focused. And then we utilize the building's data sources to make recommendations to meet or exceed the goals. So our team turns short and long-term goals of the client into a phased action plan for each client. It's really a, a a consulting agreement. So each bowl and service agreement comes with a team of experts to develop data-backed insights for continuous improvement 
and the expertise to implement those changes. So when a building's built, it typically gets what we call drift. So it's built and modeled, you know, at a certain energy consumption, and it often gets worse over the years. We try to make a building better as we go. So we track our, our progress and our metrics and and we provide visibility and, and quite frankly, we hold our team accountable. So the key is really partnering with a professional services company to make your building better. And we really believe at Bolin that we're transforming the delivery of optimal building performance. So you mentioned short and long-term goals. And, and one of the things we've touched on a number of times on this podcast is that different people are going to have different goals for their building, um, depending on the, the situation. So maybe if somebody has a shorter-term goals that they're looking to accomplish, how does that change maybe the advice that you would give over somebody who uh, you know wants to improve their building uh, over 20 years, 30 years, and has more of a long-term goal? Well, capital, right? So obviously people know there's different budgets. You know, you have an R&M budget and a capital budget. And, and we always start with the R&M budget and, and we look for the low-hanging fruit uh, to improve the, the energy consumption and reduction of a building. And we typically can find 10 to 20% very, very easily without a lot of cost. There may be other factors involved where we may need outside capital or we may need to budget for a project uh, that costs more money. And we're very upfront with that, you know, so when we provide, you know, our insights to each client, you know, we have low cost, no cost recommendations, and then we have, you know, capital recommendations and, and a lot of things in between. When somebody comes to Boland and, and they have questions and they want to talk about their AC spend, how can the advice that, that you get from experts like the building experts at Boland help reduce a building's AC spend and what options exist in that area? Yeah, so every day it becomes more complex for businesses uh, specifically to establish the best energy supply contract. So a good portion of the cost, and it's about 20% of the energy supply, is dependent on peak demand events that take place. Typically, you know, in each summer as the summer climate is, is warmer than the winter climates. Um, so we help lots and lots of clients navigate that complexity and establish and maintain low-cost energy contracts. We're also connected to each of our contracts. Um, and what I mean by that is, is we have insights into the building. Um, now at Boland, we call, we call that applied building insights. And that's really just a fancy way of saying we have 24-7, 365 access to everything that's happening in that building within the HVAC system and the energy consumption. So the reason that's important is now we've merged the energy grid with the HVAC in a building in real time. So I also mentioned previously that different parts of the country have different rate structures. And I just mentioned that 20% of the, the energy supply is dependent upon peak demands. So when we're connected to a building, we have the ability to predict those peak demands. So we often recommend to each of our clients to sign up for a demand response program. Now, the goal of, for the client within that demand response program is to reduce their electrical demand by a predetermined amount when called upon by that electric utility provider. The client receives a payment for doing that through that program. So if you think about it, we've just turned a building into a revenue generating asset. Hmm. We also reduce the demand and the future billing structure of the building at the same time. 
So when we try to match building goals and business goals with clients, you know, we've just helped a client or an organization reinvent themselves using our intelligent building model, you know, which I previously mentioned, we call applied building insights. It's really our human machine operating engine. And that's what's driving us. You know, these remote services with demand response. And I think it's uh, I think what you mentioned there that that's so important is that that holistic view of a building rather than just focusing on one aspect of things and how that holistic view matches in with the business goals that an individual has, right? And that's kind of what you're talking about, that all-encompassing view that Boland is able to take and then assist their clients with. That's correct. So, you know, we want to look at a facility uh, from 30,000 feet like we're in an airplane. We take that approach because, again, we're mirroring, you know, multiple systems and pieces of equipment with energy. You know, 20, 30 years ago, we were only concerned with the air conditioning equipment within a building. And, you know, now with the impact of controls and systems and energy, you know, we've really taken all of those, those things and, and mirrored them together. And, um, and we're really proud of that. Absolutely. So uh, final question for you here uh, before we uh, we wrap this one up, Brendan, is uh, yeah, I think there's a tendency often to view, uh, especially in new buildings, okay, we want to build the latest, the greatest, the coolest building for this moment in time. But how can you help you know owners and architects uh, think a little bit more long term about their goals for a building, knowing that if you build everything to the latest and greatest uh, for the next five years, that might be cool, but then everything might be out of date. How can you really uh, help with that process? I mean, I can tell you in the future, all buildings will be connected. So hmm. think back to 2007, you know, when the iPhone was introduced and, and the impact and the improvements which have been made, you know, just with the iPhone within the last, you know, 13 years. The HVAC industry is no different. They're making the same types of strides with their products and their systems. But I really think the owners and the architects and, and the MEPs need to consider the electric grid. You know, along with that fancy fitness center and the green roof and the bike storage, you know, when they're designing a new building. Electrification has recently become a widely accepted, you know, roadmap towards the goal of a low carbon future. So the concept easily understood in the transportation sector, right? So cars use fossil fuels as their on- onboard energy source and they can never be carbon free. But an electric car that's charged by a carbon free source like solar can be carbon free. So if I take the car industry and I kind of morph it into the HVAC industry, um, we take a little different approach. We would recommend, I'll say a thermal battery system. Now what's that? It's really a battery for the air conditioning system where we take excess energy storage and we put it into tanks and we use it when we can, for instance, when demand prices are high or when the utility asks for it. Now, why is that important? So if you remember back to when we talked about predicting when to reduce the energy of the building, we didn't talk about the impact to the comfort of the building. And it's gonna have an impact because temperatures are gonna rise because you're you're changing set points and you're, you're, you're giving energy back. Using a thermal battery ice storage offsets all the comfort concerns. And you can use it for energy and operational savings all year long not just the five to 10 days a client really needs it mm-hmm. and take advantage of it and make money off it. Now, why do I bring that up? And, you you know, as part of your question, you know, a lot of the recommendations that we make 
to owners and architects and MEPs are not five-year products or five-year technologies. They're 30-year technologies. They're things have been that we've had for a long, long time, but they've really been niche products not kind of, or niche designs. And I think all of these niche designs, like thermal battery, are going to come to the forefront of standard designs you know, as we move forward. Um, another approach, and again, this is very common today, um, and so the forefront of people's minds, uh, is indoor air quality. We've been using air cleaning technology at Boland for almost 40 years. So we're not new to the business, but most design engineers simply designed at a minimum filtration level to meet code instead of looking at a more expensive technology that does a lot of great things within a building. Now, if you go to a hospital or a museum, absolutely, there, there's air cleaning technology. But if you look at most commercial office buildings or industrial applications, there's not. Um, so those are just two kind of good examples of long-term technologies that I think are going to become the forefront of design moving forward, where previously, you know, they wouldn't be. They would be, you know, add-ons to, to an existing design. Brendan Dowd, service team leader at Boland. Brendan, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, breaking this down and talking a little bit more about uh, that holistic view of buildings, what AC spend is going to look like and how to to bring that all together under the uh, the umbrella of having a better building. Uh, Brendan, thank you again so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Tyler. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of 10 Minutes to a Better Building, your source for insights and thought leadership from the building experts at Boland. Of course, we have plenty of episodes of the podcast, so if you've missed any, make sure to go back and check those out. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest episodes, and we will be back soon with more episodes of the show. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for listening.